This episode of Oyster World Radio is brought to you by Audible. To get your free book, head over to the show description and click on the link that says get your free audiobook. Hey guys, this is Nate. Just one more ask before we start the show. Ratings and review help us so much. So if you could, pause this episode real quick. Either head to the episode description or go to our main page and any of our big podcast provider pages and leave us a review. We love to hear what you guys have to say, especially when you review it honestly. That means that we can make this show that much better. And if you do a really good job of reviewing, we could possibly have you on the show. Wouldn't that be nice? So please, 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 please give us a great review. We will learn from it. We will better learn from our mistakes. We will make the show better for you guys to listen to. And the world will be a better place. And who doesn't want to make the world a little bit better? Welcome to Oyster World. Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Nathan Lieberman in another episode of Oyster World Radio. And today, I got my roommate Alex on. So he had a very similar trip to mine. He studied abroad in Russia without knowing the language. Uh, he did do a lot of background work. He had a lot of classes, but he didn't know the language. He didn't know the alphabet or was very basic. And he was thrown into Moscow for three months. I've always kind of compared his trip to my upcoming trip because not only did his circumstances before going to Russia mimic mine in a lot of ways, but also I grew up with this kid. He Grew up in the same hometown I did. He went to my high school. We went to the same college, and we both happened to be 6'3", tall white dudes that are going abroad with a very suburban, middle-class background. So I hope you enjoy his perspective. I know I did because it, I believe that a lot of the things he encountered are things that I'm going to encounter when I leave for Germany in August. So without holding you guys up any further, here is my interview with Alex Polivka. Okay, Alex, here we are again. Thank you for having me this in your studio. Uh, <laughs> in my studio slash yeah. my kitchen in, in my our kitchen. apartment because <laughs> yeah. we live together and I we are roommates. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. You made Thank, your debut. Yeah. Debut. You made your debut yesterday, um, or last episode, mm-hmm. when you talked about the supermarket in Russia. <laughs> in Russia. And that's yeah. what I want to talk to you about today. Great. Which is yeah. super exciting. Okay. Now, you and me, we grew up in the same town. Mm-hmm. And Anderson Township was, I think, classic suburban America. What do you think? It's definitely an idealistic view of what a white suburb can be. Yes. <laughs> yes, very... 43,000 people in a very comfortable upbringing. I didn't even know it was 43,000 people. Uh, a few years ago it was. A few years ago it was. Yeah. It's probably growing. Hopefully. Hopefully. There, there's some new restaurants. We got our first movie theater, movie theater and bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very boring. Shout out. But <laughs> yeah. Shout out to A-Town. Um, but yeah, so I was thinking about a lot about this lately. There wasn't much diversity there. No. Growing up, did you have the same? Well, first of all, thoughts? I was from—I mean, I was from Claremont County. First of all, you were from Claremont. I, I moved, you were a Claremont we, we kid. Moved, we moved to Anderson Township in 2001. No kidding. Uh, so my dad had been at Turpin since like 1986, but we were in Claremont County. So I was like an Amelia kid first. Oh, uh, things <laughs> that are making a lot more sense. They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I decided, uh, and then they decided to move, and I went to Air in fourth grade. So that's when I started catch up with all of you guys. So okay, okay. Things are making a lot more sense. Yes. Claremont kid. And yeah. Claremont is kind of our scapegoat beating ground county for mm-hmm. Anderson Township. For white so trash. But I'm already learning. <laughs> yeah, no, for white. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there, I, I noticed there wasn't a lot of even like diverse mindsets. Or, kinda, or opportunities to Or opportunities to, to seek out more yeah. in different things. But um so yeah, it's got it's um, it's nice to actually talk to someone that also shared a similar experience of getting out into the world yeah. a little bit more. But I want to go back towards so you decided to take a more interesting route from the even the beginning, and one of the turning points that we talked about earlier was nine eleven for you. Yes. It was a big day. It was obviously a big day for all of us, but 
it even kind of helped you choose your own career path. Yeah. So, like, describe, like, what you thought. Uh, obviously, afterwards, we'll start there. Yeah. And how it affected the rest of your life. Yeah, definitely. So, um, when I was little, um, I loved reading about American history. Um, like, you might, if you talk to my parents ever, they'll tell you that I was always reading this uh, book series called Childhood of Famous Americans, where I was obsessed with reading about George Washington, Ben Franklin, Walt Disney, like anyone, like just like people we knew as like barely as kids, like from the history books, but like I wanted to learn more about them. Um, I just thought they were really interesting people. And so when 9-11 happened, um, when we were in fourth grade, um, I took that as kind of like an attack on everything that I loved at the time, like as I think a lot of Americans did, but I just took it, you know, as a kid, we probably took it to heart a little bit. Because we were in fourth grade. Yeah, like there's so not, we, we haven't been exposed to anything like that in a sense, like of a mass, no, and not many people had, but um, it really like got to me at the, like where I wanted to defend American values of like these people growing up that I like idealized in my head. Um, so throughout middle school, high school, um, I had set my sights on wanting to work for the government when I got to college, like after college or whatever, and there's not many opportunities in high school to do, like to, you know, b build that mindset to uh, get experiences with the government, but I was emailing like FBI agents in Cincinnati, I was reading counterterrorism books, um, I wrote, wrote essays, like national essays that went off to D.C. and like some won awards and some just like I got a certificate <laughs> from, um, mm. But it was like, I, I, did as, I did all I could, and then I chose Ohio State because they were one of the few schools in the area that had um, a security intelligence um, specialization on top of the international studies major. Um, and so one of the critical like, needs languages uh, from the government that they want is Russian, and I figured Russian was the best avenue for me to go down uh, instead of like Chinese or uh, like Pashto or... Um, you know, any other, that, like, I felt like I, I looked more the part <laughs> since my family, my, my family's from Eastern Europe, uh, like the Plifka means is from the, like, Czechoslovakia area, so, um, yeah, so I just, Russian felt like the natural fit to start, like, making myself more um, desirable for the government, and I kind of switched gears, like, at the end of college a little bit to go toward more financial security, but, um, yeah, that's what. Yeah, so. Yeah, when when you say that you Russian fits the bill, just so everyone out there knows, you were also like a six three tall white dude like yeah. myself. Lanky, <laughs> lanky, <laughs> tall, can white dude. grow a beard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm definitely in that category. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of parallels between where we grew up in school and the fact that we're tall, lanky white dudes. Exactly. But <laughs> so is there uh, going back a little bit further? Uh, or go just going back to kind of like that day in nine eleven. So you you were a history nerd. Oh, I yeah. remember oh. that about you. For oh, you sure. <laughs> but not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. I mean, nerd. Yeah, but oh. <laughs> so loving. Yeah, <laughs> I'm allowed to do this to you because yeah. you're my friend, and that's it. But was there any? Because um, I remember that day super vividly. Mm -hmm. Do you remember any? Uh, was there a very vivid memory for you of what happened and what you were feeling? I mean, like it was, you know, closer to 9 a.m. in the morning. We'd just gone to air. It, it, like they're, the teachers at one point had turned on the TV, but then were instructed to turn it off pretty quickly. And then by the time we got home, like my parents had kept the TV on or the radio on almost the entire like day or whatever. So I, I think I'd gone outside to play with some neighborhood kid. And I was still, actually at the time, I was still in Claremont County because... Um, we didn't move to Anderson Township until November, but I was still going to air in September. So I just remember talking to this kid, like, yeah, something bad happened, like, that sort of thing. But it wasn't until, like, you know, uh, weeks, if not months after that, I realized what the full scope of it was. Um, and I remember that Bin Laden's Wikipedia page was the first Wikipedia page I ever looked up <laughs> because the Wikipedia was made in, like, 2002 or 2003. And that was the first one I ever, like, started looking into on the Internet back then, Um and uh, up until uh, he died in 2011, so kept that tab open. <laughs> yeah, because that was a very early, like one of my most vivid early memories, too. And it kind of, it's weird how it shapes our lives in a lot of ways, oh, especially yeah. our generation, because we were so young. And I feel like it's a struggle for a lot of people that want to go overseas. And because um, kind of seeing that attack and then learning about some of the other countries, and we'll get to your oh, trip yeah. to Russia in a second yeah. and the hell of the bad press that we got. But I know for a long time, especially growing up in middle-class suburban America, it 
shed some negative light on a lot of things. Is that kind of why you wanted to go into FBI is you wanted to try to combat that? Yeah, well, so, <laughs> I mean, I there are there probably like a fair amount of factors I could like combine to say like a why I wanted to be an FBI or CIA. Um, I was like most, I, I kind of had like a, like a dream sense of what being an FBI or CIA analyst or agent was. Like if you watch any sort of TV show um, on like, you know, like there's a, heroic sense to it that you're stopping some yeah. like foreign terrorist who doesn't that hates America with all of his like uh, heart or whatever and doesn't have any sense of moral goodness in him and that makes it easier to like feel like yeah I could do this I could take out bad guys but it, when you get down to it it's a lot more human than that obviously it's not like some TV show um, and I, so I, I, I learned, obviously I learned that like pretty quickly into like my research on FBI and CIA but it wasn't until I got into college and I had done some security work in D.C. for a think tank. I kind of realized that I wanted to be more along the lines of uh, of personal comfort, along with um, uh, career security as well. Like that doesn't necessarily mean that work for the government. That I might be shipped off to Pakistan with a one week notice and gone for three months at a time or something like that. I wanted a career right. that still made a difference, but um, it kept me in the same sort of lifestyle I had growing up, in a sense. And that's what kind of shifted my gears towards the end of uh, college. So Yeah, because it, we definitely learned a lot growing up, as yep. we know, and especially in college. So we'll kind of like segue into that. So you had this like heroic vision, kind of this idealistic yeah. vision of FBI, and I know I did about <laughs> most, most people and, do, yeah. yeah, yeah everyone yeah. kind of does. Every, no one really knows what the world is like going Until into college. In. But then... Once again, we both went to Ohio State. Yep. And so you, you wanted to go into security intelligence, yeah. and you still pursued it all the way into college. Yeah, yeah. So that brings us to the trip. Yeah. So you, like we just said before, you came from the same similar background as me, and now you're faced with moving not only to <laughs> a, a foreign country for three months, but also... A, a country that was has been demonized in America for a while, for a while. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, so the history of America, like I, obviously, I think if you speak to most of like the people in our generation or whatever, uh, from from Turpin, from Anderson Township, from OSU, and try to ask them what they think, it's probably not going to be a positive reception to Russia. Right. Um, you Especially would, now. That, well, Good yeah, Lord. and it's it's weird though because like. You know, up with the Soviet Union, uh, Union collapsed in 1989-1990 around that area, um, and that's when all their governments across Eastern Europe started to fall as well. Um, like communism just wasn't working out, <laughs> and when Russia was created in 1991 uh, with a with a presidency, with a democracy, technically a working democracy, even though it's you know questionable as to how well that actually works there, we tried to pretend, for, I feel like, for the first decade or so that, like, there are two different entities. Soviet Union is one thing, Russia is another. And it wasn't until, like, you know, Russia got involved in Chechnya in 1999, around Putin's time, um, like, when he came into power, and after 9-11 that we started realizing that, obviously, Russian uh, interests are the exact same as Soviet uh, interests, just with a different leadership format. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... That that can that can make the view of Russia look more dangerous than it is, I guess. But like when you when I when I went over to Russia and I had already learned the culture for about a year at OSU, I was prepared to like meet people and get their point of view and what how happy they actually are. Is is everyone just some cold like drunk <laughs> um, <laughs> like bearded Russian man over there? Like what's yeah. their deal? And that's not what it was at all. And uh, it was a much more incredible experience to like be in this new world eight hours away by plane where um they're just living their lives over there and they happen to have a government that is in direct conflict with our government um and that doesn't mean that all those people are bad people <laughs> there's millions and millions and millions of people over there but they're just like us they're just having to deal with the the circumstances life has dealt them because they were they they lived under either either a soviet union communist style leadership or that now they live under a false pretense <laughs> democracy right um and it's interesting so yeah. yeah so this is obviously post-trip alex talking too yeah. like after oh, you yeah. gained all of your experiences but so you said you 
actually learned about Russian culture for an entire year before you went. Yeah. So was that like was that an actual class that was required before yeah. you went? Um, yeah. So like at OSU, you had to take um, the first three. Like it, when we were on the quarter system, you had to take three quarters worth of classes. Um, to, to show that you were past the first level of Russian language, and that was what qualified you to be in the program. Um, and since I was a freshman or a first year, um, and you had to apply for this by like December of 2010, um, but and to go on the trip in June of 2011, that was only like a, a, a quarter and a half into my first like actual Russian class. <laughs> so I had like proved to the, the the program that I was like you know prepared to go on this, even though I had had literally three months of actual Russian knowledge so far. Um, but I had studied a lot, and I had been doing well in class, and I got the recommendation letters I needed. And um, by the time June rolled around, I felt like I was ready to get the most I could out of this. Uh, wow. Yeah, so you didn't yeah. have really any... You, you had like three months of language language learning, which yeah. was uh, for an entirely different alphabet. Yeah. Like I was oh. reading some of the words on your blog. I was like, I, I, I don't even know what sounds to make <laughs> yep. like out of my mouth. This yeah. makes no sense. So you were kind of going in blind. And A little bit, yeah. So like it, with... Before really getting to know the people, but learning a little bit about the language and the culture, did you still have kind of those deep, maybe a little deep-seated like biases towards like I don't really know these people, or did stereotypes come into play? Um, like, where was your mindset at about the culture? At yeah, um, a little bit. I think I had so I had a problem in high school, like and and or like growing up just in Anderson Township. I think of not really understanding other faiths and cultures like I didn't really um and I and, I, and even now I can't pretend like I'm some like sort of master of Russian culture like or of Islam or something like that you know just like of any sort of anyone, yeah. anyone of us could ever <laughs> no, be if we didn't not. live in it yeah, yeah. No, all, all I know is being like a good like Catholic boy <laughs> from Anderson Township like <laughs> yeah. I mean so it's um go, going into Russia I didn't I, I feel if I'm remembering correctly I feel like I didn't have like preconceived bias of like like this is going to be a negative experience, potentially. I was just like, I'm going to a new country, a new world. I want to learn as much as I can. I'll make my opinions after that. Um, and the entire experience ended up being a very wholly positive one in the grand scheme of things. So looking back on this now, there was n I don't remember any sort of like doubt that this was going to be bad. And I looked through the blog posts I had uh, in preparing for this. And even in my first blog post, I didn't express any sort of like real... like. Um, apprehensiveness about going to this new land just because Russia happens to be in conflict with the U.S. at times. So yeah, and well, one one of those reasons is that's who you are. You are. Oh, <laughs> so gosh, make, uh, make, make also, me blush. <laughs> also, a compliment your way. <laughs> but then also, I, I think. Um, do you think learning a lot a lot about the language for a year really helped that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, the hardest part about the Russian language is learning the alphabet. Um, once you pick up the Cyrillic alphabet, um, it, you will honestly be able to move along with the language fairly quickly, I'd say. Um, obviously, I had a little bit of a leg up being in the actual country for three months after my first year, um, getting to like be more immersed with it and study like very in-depth things and do reports in full Russian and uh, speak in only Russian for one day of the week or whatever, like all day. Um, but if you are dedicated to learning any sort of language, uh, obviously some will be harder than others translating from English, but Russian was a very like seamless process once you started to get the alphabet, which was awesome. So Yeah, so definitely learning a little bit kind of, I guess, gave you a foundation Definitely, to build yeah. upon before you even went. And I recommend that to anyone. everyone. <laughs> yeah, anyone and everyone. Because if you don't, you will be destroyed by <laughs> a new language and culture. You it will find so me hard. on a Moscow street asking for copecks. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the only word that we know how to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but was there any... Um, so you seemed to... Look, you had a good pace. Like, and I, I know study abroad programs are one of the best introductions oh, yeah. to going abroad because oh, they yeah. make sure like you have to take classes so you really get a good experience and they set you up. But were there any fears still going in? Like, what what would you say was your biggest fear? Let's say on the plane when you're flying. Um, honestly, Laura, my, well, my biggest two biggest fears. Big, one of the biggest fears was that um, I wouldn't pass <laughs> the classes. Yeah. Um, like, like I'm, and I'm, okay. I'm not even lying. Like, I mean, this was. 
from what I had heard about the program from previous participants, this was like a pretty easy way to boost your GPA up if you try hard, um, if you if you do your work, if you uh, ask questions to teachers and uh, like talk to your fellow OSU students, there's almost no way you can't fail. But I was still afraid, like, what if I'm this bad at the language, having only done this for a few quarters at OSU in the actual country, what if I'm this bad at it and I just don't do as well as everyone else definitely can or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that was one fear. And then the second fear was just simply, this is my first um, extensive experience out of the country. Um, Obviously, yeah. uh, I'd been to, I'd been to Italy, Canada, and the Bahamas before that, only for like you know a week at a time. But um, I had never been in a country for more than three months. I didn't know how I was going to handle it. Um, so and by yourself too. Well, by myself, but with English speaking English youth students, I didn't know yet. True. So and I you know I was lucky that I got some really great friendships out of the OSU program by by the end of the summer. Um, but. Yeah, it was just that it was nerve wracking going to a new country, especially one where you know no one else. And like, I, like I had never, I don't think I had ever had any family or friends ever go over to Russia before, um, except for um, my uncle and aunt who adopted two Russian uh, kids back in 2006 and 2007. But I didn't get much advice from them on that mm. uh, because they don't speak that English. Um, so yeah, it's just that was the most nerve wracking part of what if I fail and what if I actually fail at being yeah. in the country, <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah. What are, what would constitute as failing inside the country? Because obviously OSU is not going to let you beg for ruple, ruples, right? R- rubles is the rubles. main form, but then I, I say kopecks because those are like w- a lot less than oh, rubles, so, so kopecks. More, more so you're pathetic. you're begging for, <laughs> for basically pennies. Yeah, yeah, on like the less than penny. What, because OSU wouldn't let you do that. No, but what yeah, would be def- like failure to you in a new country? I mean, well, failure in the country. Well, obviously, like death. Yeah, <laughs> like, dying would be one of them. Yes, dying would be <laughs> like that. I mean, which was like which I which I kind of like honestly um, with my terrorism background, like having been interested in this stuff. Like I knew of, about all the most recent terrorist attacks in Russia, um, their involvement in Chechnya and the Ukraine and like uh, Eastern Western Europe and stuff or what, Western Russia, Eastern Europe, had been recently very much scattered with attacks uh, where their metro had been bombed twice in 2010, which was in the past year. Their airport had been bombed in January of 2011, so five months before we got there. Um, There there had been a lot of prominent assassinations throughout the country of, not Americans, but like of uh, people who spoke out against the Kremlin. So... In my mind, going in, I was kind of like, "Well, like I'm not, I'm probably not going to die, <laughs> but people seem to have a highly likely, more like higher likelihood of dying here than they do in America." <laughs> Which so that just like you know registered on my scale of let's be a little bit more cautious at most times. I was know? gonna say so because that is a real topic mm-hmm. for also today. Oh yeah, it was back then, it's still it going is on to now, and it, it might forever be. Yeah, it, how did you combat that? fear like on a daily basis or like how are you cautious in the new culture um well obviously what was the actual real situation that you were in yeah i mean obviously part of like the the program really did want us to keep together uh they wanted the students to stay together like uh if you go off on the like an excursion on the metro like 30 minutes east of the city be with someone else. And well, that's good for any city, any too. Sort of Chicago, L.A., exactly. yeah, you know, I do D.C. That, that should be <laughs> yeah. Columbus. That should be every city. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's like a rule of thumb, kind of. Um, I will admit, though, that I put myself in situations like just wanting to get out and see. Because like, when I'm in a new city, I like to do things by myself sometimes. And um, and, and, I did, I, and more of my loner excursions were by the end of the summer where I was more accustomed to how the city moved and how I got along. Um, but I, I mentioned this to you in our, like, pre-interview. But, um, like, I, the mo- one of the more um, terrifying things I did to myself was I went on a five-mile run uh, trying to meet my uh, group at a, a park on East Moscow, like, five miles east of where we were. And since, like, I, I looked at Google Maps, but there's no way I could have memorized every single Russian road of where to turn and how to navigate the bridges or whatever. But I found myself, like... 
across like these abandoned uh, train yards in the city, uh, no, like, dodging past homeless men and stuff, <laughs> so and like good. going under un, like o- underpasses that like if I had been if someone had just been down there waiting to shank someone, like I'd be stabbed, and my body would be hidden, and, and I wouldn't be talking to you. you no, would, you'd, you'd be you'd be dead. Uh, you'd failed. You would have failed. Yeah, game, game over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, game over. <laughs> Alex ran out yeah. of lives. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was. I mean, so it was like. That was my, more my fault because I was like doing that like on purpose, but but there was never there weren't many times where I was with a group where we ever felt like so unsafe, um, which was good because uh, that's probably a might be a misconception that people have about going to a new country is that this city will kill you <laughs> or something yeah. you know maybe so yeah and I, I know there's been some like terrorist attacks in Germany. In oh, fact, yeah. when I was there, there was one, mm-hmm. and that's. A real that's a real fear, but at the same time, we have to realize that I've also heard gunshots and down in Columbus yeah. when I was going out, and it, it's the same rules that apply. It's just a new place. Yeah. And you have to real still realize it's exactly. a new place. Yeah. So there wasn't anything. Terrorism was pretty much non-existent too when you were over there. Yeah. There. Or, well, actually, um, the only like kind of not close call, but the only like uh, like encounter we would have almost had is that the train that we took from Moscow, St. Petersburg, at our halfway point through the trip, um, about a month and a half before, like so around the time we got there, um, authorities had arrested people who were planning to bomb that train line, uh, which is called mm. the Sapsen train line. Wow. And it's the fastest train from Moscow, St. Petersburg, gets you there in about two hours, which is awesome. Uh, but they were planning to bomb it um, just to take out Russian infrastructure and they had been arrested a month before we got there. So, so obviously that was like a kind of a fresh like, oh, maybe again, be careful. What, like, you know, be right. attentive while you're on the train. Be attentive at the train stations. Just keep that in the back of your mind at least. But don't let that the fear rule your life. So, right, right, and that makes complete sense. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, that's a that's a really interesting situation. Having it be a month before. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So we're, let's change gears a little bit, because that to me is kind of what I call like an oh shit moment. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so, yeah. And uh, kind of like helps you progress or change the way that you look at things, like you said, being more attentive at the train station yeah. and everything else. But in the, in the pre-interview chat that we had, we found some other oh shit moments yeah. that I would, <laughs> I would like to talk about. But th- the first thing, too, is like what was, what was day one like? What was... So you're stepping off a plane. Yeah. Like, can you take us to that moment? And, yeah. Like, tell us that story. Um, first off, uh, first off, I was tired because <laughs> the traveling was a good like I think ten to eleven hours because we had a transfer from Columbus to either we went to Atlanta or we went somewhere else and then we went to Hamburg, Germany, or Frankfurt, Germany, one of the two, and then we're in the airport for two hours. And then went off again Oof. to Moscow. So it was a long, like... What's the time difference, too? It's uh, eight hours from Eastern time zone to Russia, to Moscow. So, Jeez, did you sleep on the plane at all? Yeah, yeah. Thank um, God. And, yeah, <laughs> and, we, and we had, like, you know, crappy food and stuff like, served mm-hmm. to us. And I watched some, like, some videos. But, um, but, yeah, like, when I got there, like, once I was actually in Moscow and we were driving on a bus into the city and stuff, like, I was very attentive, um... I was paying attention to, like, like we saw one thing I remember that stood out was that there are so many um, Sveti stores, which is flowers stores in Russian, um, just lining the streets of Moscow. And that was the first thing I remember, like, being like, okay. <laughs> like, a lot of flower stores. <laughs> a lot of flowers. Reason. Yeah. Um, trying to hint for you to go on some dates, man. Yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> Russians are just looking everywhere. Uh, but um, it was, like... The next day was when we had our first official like uh, outing to Red Square, and to go and and we were allowed to go off on our own and meet friends at OSU, like you know from OSU, get to know each other better. Um, and so that was, I think, that was the day before our classes. So like that was us walking around, taking everything in, uh, and that was like w- one of the best days to be honest with you, just like taking everything in together in this new environment, uh, seeing St. Basil's Cathedral. Um, seeing London's tomb, uh, seeing um, the the it's called the Goom, which is a big mall that's right on Red Square. Uh, mm-hmm. Seeing the Kremlin walls, like there was a lot of cool first thing experiences on the, in the first two days that we got to see, which was, you know, a really cool introduction to Moscow and Russia as a whole. So yeah, so you got to 
really taking the architecture and be like, okay, like this is new. Was, was it like uh, just this like overwhelming sense of like excitement? Yeah. And, oh yeah. Because I know that's for me when I walk into a new place. Like, what were you feeling when you were, were like in the square, like looking around with your new friends? And... Yeah. Well, you have. To, I mean, and for me, I'm like thinking back to all the times um, in in school where we learned about you know the tank marches on Red Square. How Napoleon had come through to sit in the, on the Kremlin Palace and like brought his entire French army that hadn't been killed by the winter into Red Square and the Kremlin and whatnot, and how Hitler had tried to get all the way there and stuff. So like you're thinking about all these historical things that are going to be historical events that you read about for the rest of your life, and then you're right there, and this is somewhere you would never imagined yourself being as a 19 year old <laughs> at the yeah. time. So it's so a, cool. it's a it's a really cool feeling just to be like, you know, I somehow made it here already. Um, and there's a lot, there, this is bigger than me, which is cool. Um, and there aren't many places in the United States I can say that for because we've only been around for 230, some 40 years or so. Right. Uh, Russia's been around since 700 to 900 AD. So, like, 700, they, 900 AD. Yeah, that's a long, like, there's a, long time. Well, they, they yeah, oh, yeah, like, I mean, it, yeah, and that's the thing. That's why they're so much more laid back about their history there. They are just like, yeah, go with the flow, see what comes, we'll deal with it as it comes, because that's who we are. So, yeah. All right, so, yeah, and we, uh, that, that's awesome, because yeah. there's something about being in a place that you just can't, you can't get anywhere oh, else. You learn about all these things, and all of a sudden, you're standing in the middle of the spot you've been reading about. So powerful. I'm living through you <laughs> so much. But um, So you said this kind of multiple times back when we were talking before, and then just now is that the, they're laid back. Yeah. That the Russian people are actually laid back. So there's a lot of stereotypes. I know that I have them about Russians. Like I think we all kind of have them about Russians. That yeah. These hard, cold, vodka-drinking, <laughs> like bearded Tough lumberjack guys, yeah. men. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we will kill you in your sleep. We'll kill you yeah. in your sleep if you, if you look at me wrong. Good, good accent, I don't even know if accent. that's Russian or not. <laughs> it's not bad. I just say that's my Russian accent, and usually usually it can fly. Yeah, but you know you can see right through me. <laughs> <laughs> but what was like your day-to-day interactions with Russians? I know that you were still trying to learn the language, but from what you, you could, what was... Yeah. Typical vibe between uh, you. So and there were. Uh, I mean, I personally, I only got to like speak with and interact with a handful of Russians. Like we had our teachers, we had um, some university students who were in for the summer, but like most Russians don't go to school in the summer, obviously. Uh, like kind of like America. Um, so um, I had maybe like ten good interactions with Russian people my entire time I was there, which isn't great, I would say, but like is still for a first year Russian student who had come from Columbus, Ohio. Like, I, I, I got a lot out of it. I got all, a lot that I could out of it, and they were all great people. Um, I was interested in figuring out, like, what their opinions were of our biases against them. Like, if, uh, if, if they really didn't like Putin as much as we don't like Putin and stuff, uh, like political things, terrorism things, like those sort of, like, my interests, I guess. Um, and, and these people were very much uh, helpful in telling me what I had right and what I had wrong or you know, what they believed and how they lived their lives and it all felt really, like, interesting the entire time I was listening. And luckily they speak fairly good English. <laughs> so, like, sometimes if we were at right. standstill, it would be easy to overcome. But, yeah, it was awesome. So, like, so it wasn't really this, uh, of all the interactions you had, you didn't get that, like, cold, no, like, def- vibe. No, 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 yeah. And, like, I mean, we, like, we met a lot of Russians who would be like amazing hipsters here in in, in Columbus. <laughs> they would fit in so well. Uh, like they, uh, we met a lot of Russians who just were, they were excited to travel. They were excited to like to, to do what we were doing. Uh, we had that, we, there were some uh, people who had already been to Germany and Sweden and whatever, and they had just come back and they were telling us about that. Um, so there, there was never a time where I met like the, the, stereotype of a Russian man like or army soldier with like you know the big uh, furry hats or the the puffy coats and stuff with a bayonet or something yeah <laughs> like, that's doing my terrible <laughs> Russian accent yeah, yeah. Like, that's you right, <laughs> yeah, right that's... now dressed up no. <laughs> but, I get in the character for these <laughs> yeah, thank interviews you for these interviews yeah. <laughs> put me right at home but uh, <laughs> n- no but it's just like these people are just like regular human beings like me you and I but we they just happen to have a different set of life circumstances that put like that put them where they are or like they were born in this country and we were born in America and 
that doesn't mean that we should be at odds <laughs> or anything, and we should like imagine each other as certain ways, but that's how the world kind of shapes us, and so it's up to us to overcome that. It was pretty cool to do so in my mind. So yeah, that's a great. That's a really great thought, and I really can't get my mind off an image of a Russian hipster. Like an amazing <laughs> Russian hipster. I mean, honestly, just take any of the Columbus hipsters you find on High Street and just put a like a mustache on them. And Please <laughs> tell me that they had the glasses without oh, yeah. lenses on it. Some of them, yeah. And, yeah. Oh man, okay. No, not without lenses. They're better than that. But yeah, like, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some Columbus people that oh, yeah. rock the glasses with no lenses. I would love to see the <laughs> the Russian version. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's um. That's a different than what I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. we, we even interviewed um, someone, an immigrant from Russia, in an earlier episode. Oh, cool. I think it was episode two, and she she said there was a little bit of a non-emotional aspect to it, or more. It, I think it'd be categorized as more laid back than yeah. it is up here. Like we kind they kind of get rid of this the sweet talk, the <laughs> well, the small talk. Yes, get right to the small point. talk is not really a thing. Like don't. Don't try to like 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 um, I think a lot of countries do do this, but when you, I, I, America seems to be one of the biggest um, perpetrators of this, but like when you ask like how are you doing, and we say like oh I'm good thank you or whatever like even though we're dying on the inside. we're dying on the yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't let the dreads in don't let it in Alex but like it's they don't they don't want some fake answer from you like they they don't get why you ask that if you're not going to answer honestly or what if you're or if you're just like why are you being so like blatantly cordial for no reason that doesn't make sense to them which was kind of cool because i i also kind of don't like that too um if i'm going to make a connection with someone i would rather have them answer honestly like oh well like you know i'm not doing too hot because uh, you know president trump is a thing but, right. <laughs> like that sort of thing you know, like <laughs> I'd like for them to be honest, uh, and I think that's more, I mean, Russians lie too, obviously everyone lies in this world, but like, they don't know why you just like lie fakely about a fake question that you're asking, like, if you don't care, so. Yeah, and that's, um, I feel like that's where a lot of that stereotype comes from, because this country, that that's what you do. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? It's like a formal greeting yeah, that you, just doesn't happen. And if you don't, happen, and if you don't ask it, so. people, it's a controversy for some reason, and that doesn't make sense to me. But, yeah, and then yeah. people in Russia are just like, well, today sucks. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, they're willing to be honest with you in, in the terms of, or just or just look at you confused if you ask the question, like, okay, what, do you why care? Yeah. do you care? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, was, I mean, that was a cool, like, little just um, thing to adjust to, kind of, which was which was neat. Yeah, so there were at least some cultural differences. Yeah. And um, so this is one of the most interesting things I read in your blog, and the cultural notebook, the cultural positive and negative notebook. Yeah. So when did, was that the whole time? Did you do this the whole time? I, I can't remember when we started. I feel like it was more of a... I, I can't remember if I did a... I think Maria, our program instructor, did have us all do it, and she would, like, uh, at the end of the week, we passed it into her, and she returned on Monday to make sure we had been, like, you know, making notes and just give us a check or whatever. Um, I feel like it was her doing, because I, I feel like I wouldn't have been doing both the blog and the positive negatives um, on my own, so I feel like the second thing was for her. Um, but, yeah, it was a really cool, uh, like theme for us to keep track of, of like, what was a positive today? What was a negative? And like, for my, me, a positive would be, you know, kind of like to talk about in the last podcast, like going to a supermarket and like having a decent interaction with the cashier. <laughs> like, yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> Check mark. Like, don't ever do that at Kroger. But, <laughs> but, you know, but, uh, but the negative could be that, um, like it was supposed to be an all Russian speaking day. And then I, I caved halfway through the day and I wanted to speak English cause it was hard. Um, and that would be a negative cause I wanted to try harder than that. Um, and that kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier where I don't want to feel like I'm failing at the country. <laughs> so right. like, yeah, um, it was that, I mean, I recommend to anyone who ever does go abroad for an extended period of time, keep a list of what a pot each, each day, what was a positive thing that you learned? What was a negative thing that you learned? Um, and every day you'll have something to look at your progress. Like it could start from, you know, didn't get lost walking two blocks to the metro or something, and 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 that would be a positive. But then by the end of the trip, it could be like you know, navigated a full metro ring around the entire city because uh, that's how the Moscow metro is. And like that would be a great accomplishment if you're able to take all the different lines. Um, 
And so it just helps you feel like you're growing, which is awesome. Yeah, and I think that's a very important element, especially in something that's so big. Yeah. And there's so many elements to it. Tracking your growth could give you, like, the little motivation to just keep going. Do you think that it it did that for you? Yeah, I mean, from what I remember about the book, I I still, like, I told you last night I need to, like, find the book. (laughs) But, like, yeah, um, it definitely... Is this motivation for you? It's it's progress for you to like incremental progress. You look at the entire time. I guess in our case, it was also having someone else look at the book and saying like, "This is awesome. How about you shoot for this next time or whatever?" So it wasn't just for you; it was for someone else. Um, and and if if anyone wants to go individually abroad, they can do it for their friends and family and have them keep tabs and stuff, which would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just um, that was a really good tool that everyone should use to keep track of how you are doing personally. So ah, I love it. <laughs> All right, but I do have to bring up probably my favorite negative. Mm-hmm. And, yep, the, by the look on your face right now, <laughs> he's got this really it's nervous smirk. Um, <laughs> but you have to tell it. You have to tell the story of the, the famous haircut yeah. when you first got to Moscow. <laughs> okay, yeah. So... Um, you know, 19-year-old Alex um, has, like, um, he didn't know how to wear his hair. <laughs> and anyway, I still don't. I still don't. But, like, um, but, but it progress was, has been it was made like, since yeah, 19-year-old I didn't Alex. use, like, a comb or whatever. It was, like, like it was bad. So, like, I, I, during the summer, like, up until that point, I had, like, been letting my hair grow out because I won my first experience abroad to be getting a haircut successfully one of the first ones. And so it was like kind of like, it wasn't a bob, it was just like really matted down stuff and really annoying. And it was hot in Russia. So like if I sweat, the grease would like get on my like skin, didn't feel good about myself. <laughs> and and, and you, I wasn't, and you weren't, uh, it was hard to clean yourself in these Russian dorms because like the water was either super cold or not on <laughs> or... Really? Yeah, just like, I mean, sometimes the like, like on that, we had a, our, our entire group was scattered between like seven to eight floors, I think. Um, just like, of where we would meet, um, and so sometimes I have to go down to like level five to get a shower, and I was on level eight or whatever. So wow, so it was just like it was hard to like have a consistent feeling of cleanliness. So I found a, um, I think I'd even Googled it before, but I found a haircut salon right across the street from uh, our dorm in the first week that we were there, and I had like studied the words for like pretty much bare minimum haircut etiquette, like buzz cut. <laughs> right, know, it was like it was like. Uh, um, she'll beat or something like that. I forget what the exact word was, but uh, so you rolled in knowing like that word and that's it. I'm well. I mean, on top of all the basic conversational Russian, like, yes, I had, no, but like yeah, yes, no, like yet, like stop. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even do stop. stop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what stop was, but um, <laughs> I think it was just stop. But uh, yeah, so I go into the salon and I like I like I'm like. Like Jabit Pazolsta, whatever. I give the same word, whatever. Please, um, and they like nod as if they they know what I'm talking about. But then they put me in the back room, and someone who hadn't heard my request comes in and just starts like, you know, only doing the sides of my hair, or whatever. And right. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, no, <laughs> help me. <laughs> but um, uh, they it didn't get anything accomplished. Like I'm not, like I'm, I'm used to like you know seven dollar great clips cuts or whatever on a coupon, <laughs> right. and and uh, especially the, at nineteen. Yeah, at nineteen. Yeah, like whatever. And um, at and at the end they then charged me, and it ended up being the U.S. equivalent in rubles of like fifty four to sixty two dollars. Sixty two. Which is the mo- most I've ever paid for a haircut. It, uh, <laughs> I was already trying to be like on a weekly to monthly budget of how much money I was spending. And there it goes. And there, it all went there away. There was my first week. So I'm like, I was eating bread for the rest of the week. <laughs> you ate bread. That's the saddest thing. <laughs> I know. So. It was a bummer, um, and that was—I think—that was a fail in terms of like writing down uh, negative for my week. <laughs> what was like? What was going through your mind when they just started trimming the sides uh, it was, of your it hair? Was, it was like—I mean, as lame as it sounds, it was helplessness because like it's not like I could just like get up and run away from a haircut place, right? <laughs> um, but it was—it wasn't also like I could communicate with them to like do the right change and. And in the grand, like on a macro level, this is just like representative of like all the challenges I could have faced in Moscow. I just happened to face it with a haircut salon the first week. Right. So he's gonna get thrown into the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I did that to myself. So that was like a that was a poor, probably a poor venue for me to try out because like I mean 
technically getting a haircut can be a little bit more complicated in another language if you don't know what the proper etiquette is or the proper terminology is. Um, so that was, yeah, I, my hair grew back very quickly <laughs> uh, by, by the last month. It was just like, I was always brushing, I don't know, it was annoying. So frustrated me. <laughs> and you didn't go back? Oh, no, definitely, definitely not. It was unfortunate. Yeah, so like I would have been freaking out. Just uh, my little time in Germany oh, with yeah. non-English speaking people, you get yeah. this kind of frozen fear of unable to connect with this person. I couldn't imagine oh, getting yeah. something as important as Sit- a haircut. Sitting in a chair surrounded by three or four other Russian like uh, stylists um, who either don't want to speak English to you or don't know English, and they're just like doing their own job and they're talking to each other. And they're probably laughing about this idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which was like, I mean, for them, hopefully that was a good part of their day. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I imagine if, like, some Russian went into a great clips here, at, like, in Columbus or whatever and asked for a haircut and didn't know what they were doing and just, like, they end up getting their hair shaved or something and they wanted just, like, a cute little cut, um, that could ruin, you know, their day. <laughs> and so it works both ways. And I should have been a little bit more, maybe I should have sought out, like, Maria's help or something <laughs> and, getting, and getting there. But, yeah, so... Yeah, that was that's such an interesting story, and I couldn't even imagine just knowing how I reacted, not being able to speak to to Germans that didn't speak English. I couldn't imagine them doing something to my head while not being able to communicate with them, except like, well, no, stop, and here's my money. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> no, and they, I, I, I would. I would fathom a guess that they charged me as much as they could yeah. <laughs> just to like teach I me a lesson, <laughs> so, which I deserved. Stupid American. <laughs> I, yeah, I deserve that for sure. So, yeah, that was a fun little welcome to Russia experience. Yeah, fun? Would you, would you sure. say fun? Sure, yeah, sure. In retrospect, totally fun, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so in retrospect, right? So you go on this epic three-month journey to Russia, and it seems like you were able to not only kind of break some of the stereotypes that we think of in America firsthand, but do something really great for yourself. So what would you say was the biggest difference between uh, pre-Alex, pre-Russia Alex and post-Russia Alex? Um, good question. Um, it confirmed for me that I, kn- I, I knew I could thrive in a sense. I could, I could go to a country, a foreign land, and do well uh, and like achieve all I wanted for myself. Um, which means getting back to America, where I'm surrounded by English and a language I really know, I can I can thrive even better here now, where I've confirmed it elsewhere. Now I can do it here. So that was a I think that was a good difference between pre and post Russia, Alex, um, and then also confirmed for me that I can't let every bias that we see in our country be taken. Uh, like I need to take it with a grain of salt in a sense. Like I, I if I'm going to learn from a you know, like a high school teacher or someone who hasn't really ever been out of the country uh, or out of their own hometown much. Like, I need, to, I need to take that bias that's being given to me with more of a, like, well, they could be right, but let me go research it for myself or let me go travel for myself. And I, I, feel, like, and that, I feel like that is a current problem with today's uh, world that we live in where what we have is, like, in a sense, media, which tells us, well, Russia is our greatest enemy or... I remember in 2012, during the presidential debate between Obama and Romney, Romney said, Russia's our, ge- our number one ge- geopolitical foe. And Obama and the Democrats laughed it off because they had to in terms of, well, dude, like you're behind on your policy, man. That was the 80s, which that was a political ploy <laughs> because now it shows that they are politically very, mm-hmm. like much our, our, our current number one foe besides China. So when you hear something or read something on the news, or hear it from a friend or, or family member or something, uh, or on Facebook or something, don't just let that be like, oh, okay, that reaffirms what I already believe. Cool, I'm good. Let it take you out of your comfort zone and and open up your mind a bit to the fact that they could be wrong or that maybe they could be right, but I just want to confirm it by going to that land or I want to meet someone from Russia or I want to hear a different experience than just the what's being put in front of me or whatever. Um, so that I think that helped. Um, I didn't really have that sort of mindset before Russia, and before like starting starting to study Russian culture and starting to study all these things, but I think coming back from a foreign land really did help that sink in more. So to where I am now, six years later. Yeah, well said, well said. Um, I know that um, now that I'm going to go and kind of do a similar yeah. thing, I've I've always kind of looked at your trip as because you kind of did it, 
And that's a mindset that I hope I achieve. Yeah. And I, I know that I'll, I'll get there through all of the struggles of haircuts and everything yeah, else that I have to do. You'll have more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> you'll and be I'm, there for a year to three years or so. Like, yeah. That's well, insane. Like, it, it's going to be insane, but it's going to be a good insane. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be a good insane. Just like what you experienced. Yeah. And for, for everyone listening out there, uh, go check this guy out at alexplivka.blogspot.com. If you really want to. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, or reach out to me at nathan at oysterworld.com, and he's my roommate. So yeah, Thanks I for having me. be able to talk to him at some point. Yeah. Uh, unless he eats all my peanut butter or something, then I won't talk to him anymore. You have organic peanut butter. That doesn't taste good. <laughs> See, that's my trick. That is my organic stuff, yeah, so you stay away from it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again, Alex. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we'll have to have you on sometime. Yeah. I'll, maybe I can co-host. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get your hopes no. up. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Thank you once again for listening to Oyster World Radio, and thank you, Mr. Alex Bufka, for coming on the show and sharing your story. I was very excited. This was the first in-person interview, so leveling up, very slowly but surely, but leveling up, and we used a brand new microphone called Instamic, I-N-S-T-A-M-I-C, and they work fantastic. So expect more audio of us on the road and in the field as these things are really durable and working really well. So a lot more on those later. Music is by Charlie Milken. Check him out at charliemilken.com. Head over to the show description to see the link. And check him out on Spotify. He's really good. Like, he's really damn good. And he's only getting started. So check him out on Spotify and on his website. And he also has a new podcast out. So shout out to him for starting his podcast journey in the self-esteem room. It's called the self-esteem room, so check it out. Thank you again for listening to Oyster World Radio. You guys are what keep me going, what keep me motivated, keep me podcasting. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. Check out what the oysters are doing at oysteryourworld.com. Email me, Nathan at oysteryourworld.com. Check me out on Twitter at Nathan Oyster. And look out for our email list. You will have that up and running soon, the Daily Daydream, and more info on that next time. So a little suspense for you guys to come back to for the next episode. Thank you once again, guys. I will talk to you soon. And Charlie, as usual, play us out, man. I can't take control of my life If I'm too busy looking at the stars And thinking about our time that's gone by it's time for a change in my day-to-day scene. Time to turn around from that clock, face the mirror, and change.